This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder. Friday the 20th of October, I'm at London Heathrow. Lucky me. And 20 years ago, at this airport, the busiest in Britain, plans were being made to mark the end of an era. Yes, It was on the 24th of October 2003 that British Airways Flight 2 from New York JFK touched down, bringing to an end the era of supersonic passenger flight. Here's how it worked. Concorde, well, was always a bit of a a joke. This Anglo-French Grand Projet, which was created really in the 19... 60s from 1950s military aircraft technology to transport just 100 people at 1,350 miles an hour, twice the speed of sound and more than twice the speed of conventional subsonic jets. Very exciting, just incredibly unsuccessful. There are only, I think, a dozen planes ever built or at least entered service only British Airways and Air France flew them, they did do a little bit on behalf of for instance uh, Singapore Airlines and Braniff of the US in terms of flying uh, little bits for them but basically the whole idea um, was incredibly expensive to the long suffering taxpayer in both France and in the UK just at the time when aviation was being democratised with the jumbo jet the UK and France were going in utterly the wrong direction and they were also traumatising the planet environmentally it was terrible yes I calculate the fuel burn for Concorde was four times more than the Airbus A350 currently flown by British Airways and which carries more than three times as many passengers the harm per person was just off the scale and of course you heard Concorde long before you saw her that was because well unfortunately she made a heck of a din I'm not talking here about the sonic boom which was um, (laughs) a bit of a design drawback and that uh, meant that Concorde couldn't fly over land only over sea because of the the, um, breaking the sound barrier Um, Whenever it was near land, Concorde just made a terrible row. Generally, the uh, 10.30 arrival at uh, Heathrow would mean that West London was quaking in its boots at about 10.20 each evening because of the uh, four military engines that were used um, for that aircraft. There's going to be a heck of a lot of Concorde nostalgia around this week. But remember that the planet was trashed 
on behalf of a few overindulged people. And that included me once. Here's how it worked. So let's go back to the 1980s. Time-sensitive documents were very important. There was lots going on in London and New York and people needed those documents. And this was, of course, long before email. It was almost predated the um, era of fax machines, ask an elderly relative what they were, becoming popular. And so the best way to get those goods between uh, London and New York was to fly them supersonically. To do that, and there was certainly a market for it, companies would be paid for prepared to pay for it but it wasn't like DHL or anything where you know stuff just gets carried on the plane you needed somebody sitting there an actual passenger now the company that was handling these time sensitive documents at the time it was Securicor was not uh, it wasn't necessary to employ people to do that because there was a ready line of volunteers and that included me you would pay £150 to secure a call and you would then get a date for flying the Atlantic on Concord to see how the other half, well it wasn't the other half, it was the other 0.0001% lived and it was majestic. Tiny uh, cabin, I mean if you, it was two seats either side of the aisle and far more slender, to put it kindly, than even an Embraer commuter jet. So well worth um, distracting people so they didn't know how uncomfortable they were. And the distraction technique used was huge overindulgence. Champagne, of course, um, a very elaborate, I think, four-course meal. Um, Cigars afterwards, yes, they would come round and offer you Havana cigars and uh, cognac and anything else you wanted, plus a visit to the flight deck to meet the uh, long-suffering captain, the first officer and the engineer. Uh, of course, I loved the fact that you would chase the sunset, or rather, if you took the evening flight, the sunset would rush towards you. And it was a fantastic experience. I don't think in my lifetime a supersonic flight will come back. The environmental impact is huge and the benefit is questionable. Um, Concord, after the terrible crash in 2000 involving an Air France Concorde, after the 9-11 disaster uh, in New York, it was, its days were numbered and... Uh, 20 years ago, it was still shaking the, uh, the, the, the poor people of West London, but it soon became just a museum piece. And you can go and see them at various museums around the place. I particularly like the one at Manchester. So if you're in the airport area, do go and see Concord and give her my regards. She's much better on the ground. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you again on Monday. Goodbye. Thank you.